Today in the Grid Snap Podcast, jump up, superstar. Hey everyone, this is Rob Howard, world and game designer, and welcome to the Grid Snap Podcast. We're here for another mini episode, this time talking about the latest chapter in the saga of Mario, who this time is starring in a MOBA. Just kidding, it's Mario Odyssey, of course, the latest release on the Nintendo Switch, and Nintendo's latest design, Tour de Force. So let's talk about some Mario and platforming design and what this new game brings to the table. Of course, first it would be silly not to spend some time talking about the long, long history of Mario, starting of course with Donkey Kong and then Mario Brothers and then finally Super Mario Brothers. Mario is far and away the longest running, most successful current video game IP. But let's focus on a particular genre or style of Mario game, and that is the 3D Mario game, which of course started with Mario 64 on the Nintendo 64. This game set benchmarks in the video game industry uh, that we feel even today. It's basically the template by which any third-person game is made, and that includes classics such as Resident Evil 4, and it's even influenced the open-world game genre. So when you play Grand Theft Auto, you really need to tip your cap to the plumber from Nintendo. Uh, But after all this success and innovation, it could be forgiven if people expected Nintendo to rest on its laurels. However, they did not, with games such as Super Mario Sunshine, and particularly Super Mario Galaxy, which is one of my favorite games ever, and perhaps one of Nintendo's finest works. But fast forward to today, just a few days after the release of Super Mario Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch. And while legacies take time, this already seems to have the makings of an all-time Mario classic, standing tall with Super Mario Galaxy, Mario 64, and Super Mario Bros. 3. For this mini-episode, I wanted to focus on a very specific aspect of the level and world design of Odyssey that stands out immediately. Most talk about this game in regards to the hat, Cappy, and its ability to possess and take control of enemy creatures and their abilities. But that is not what I wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about the world itself. Platformer games are tight, self-contained experiences. They are, by their very nature, abstract and can lack a sense of place. Sure, the levels may have cohesive themes, but they typically do not feel like real places that real creatures, however fantastical, can live. Part of this reason is that the world is only designed for the actual primary gameplay, which is jumping and using player abilities. For instance, you might see a Goomba, but do you see a Goomba house with Goomba people eating whatever it is Goombas eat? Are Goombas even sentient enough to have a house for that matter? What about the Hammer Brothers? Is there a guild of Hammer Brother warriors that live in a Hammer Brothers dormitory constructed by Hammerstein Hammer IV who was cursed by an evil plumber many ages ago that resembles an ancestor of Mario? Obviously, this kind of world building is not seen in Mario and other platformers, unless still successfully. However, taking a cue from Zelda Breath of the Wild, which no doubt uses the same engine as Mario Odyssey, 
Nintendo has included wonderful communities that are connected to each world's obstacle courses. Instead of courses being abstracted levels disconnected from any reality, Nintendo's designers include levels as part of a larger world, with its own citizens, rules, and ways in which Bowser's antics have hurt their society. It is, of course, light-hearted stuff, but in the simple act of creating these towns, Mario Odyssey's gameplay is contextualized in ways that give just enough added heft to the action. It is tempting for developers to ditch high-level world-building because it isn't what the game is about. But what Mario Odyssey proves is that thinking about that upper layer, the world and how it functions, can improve even games within a genre that doesn't usually support it. Indeed, the towns attached to the main levels even provide exploratory gameplay removed from the higher stress levels of the main courses. Finally, I thought the listeners might want to learn what it is like to work on and design a platformer. Most designers in the Western game industry, at least outside of the indie game arena, do not get to work on these games. I was fortunate enough to work on a platformer as my first game in my career, Despicable Me the Game, which was also one of the very last PlayStation 2 games. Despicable Me, of course, is a much different game than Mario Odyssey. It's a 2D, or really 2.5D, since it uses 3D graphics, which is certainly different than a full 3D world. My supervisor, lead game designer Dave Ellis, taught me this simple principle that I believe to some degree or another applies to most of these games. Keep the player jumping. So simple. But the idea is that you want to engage the player on a fairly constant basis with the main verb of the game to jump. The pacing has to be much tighter than a typical third or first-person action game. Yet an easy mistake to make in platformer design is difficulty. Designers can easily make these games way too hard. After all, we know exactly how long jumps can be. It is completely okay in platformer design to have a jump that is pretty easy. In fact, most of the jumps you create probably need to be easy to moderately challenging with very carefully crafted challenge experiences, or to use game design parlance, tests. To see the difference, play any Nintendo-made Mario game, then play levels created by enthusiasts for the Mario Maker game on either 3DS or the Nintendo Wii U. Most fan-created levels are very hard. In fact, I can tell you that it is easier to design very hard levels than it is to design levels with a smooth difficulty curve, that challenges experienced players just enough while keeping it accessible for everyone. Going back to Mario Odyssey then, pay close attention to how gently Nintendo introduces new mechanics and how smooth the difficulty curve is. You are trained over time to use the game's mechanics in more and more complicated ways, but you'll probably barely notice it. They are the masters at this. One last thought, whether you are in the video game industry yourself or are a video game enthusiast, please remember to appreciate Nintendo's contribution to the video game industry. 
the designers, artists, musicians, and programmers at this company are creating some of their finest work. It's like being alive when Miles Davis released Kind of Blue or when Beethoven wrote the Ninth Symphony. Nintendo is inviting us all to take an odyssey and we should all accept that invitation. So I hope you enjoyed this chat about Mario Odyssey. This is Rob Howard. Remember to stay on the grid and keep well hid.